0: This is the Agile Pods Podcast. I'm Lance
1: Kahn. I'm Chris Barton. You can find me through my work email. It's chris.barton at leadingagile.com. I don't have Twitter. I'm not even going to get into what's going on with that right now. <laughs>
0: This is a continuing episode of a series with Chris Barton about agile software development at Sony PlayStation. They're expected to make a lot of money with this for all parties intended. Marvel's involved and Sony's involved. What was the life cycle for this? type of work look like like what is the time frame how long did this take to get put in place and then actually start producing
1: yeah so start to finish four years and i think the easiest way to break it down video games to this scale they're they're called AAA titles like they're the biggest they require the most effort it's taking everything that you would need to make a movie and everything you need to make a video game and then interweaving that together so there's concept. There's let's talk about this. Let's talk about that. We want the stories to have this character development. There's going to be a typical storyline where there's a protagonist and antagonist. There's a love interest, um, and then on top of that, they have character development. Then they have character mechanics. There's you know people that are professional voice actors. There's people that are professional stunt coordinators doing things in motion capture studios. And then on top of that, you have Artists doing objects within a video game, like a building, like a car, like a dog, the, the water. And then, then you have the gameplay mechanics of meaning from a physics perspective. Mm-hmm. What, what do the collision artifacts look like? If I hit this, is there an assumed mass behind it? Like, how far is it going to go if I hit it? Now I'm Spider-Man, so it's going to go farther. Mm-hmm um all that gets in there and then of course it's QA right there's always a really really crappy version that's quote playable hmm. that won't crash as soon as you boot it up and then <laughs> there's a massive group of people that play the game over and over and over and try to find every single bug you could imagine like from characters falling through seams collision mechanics not being accurate across maps maps loading like when you know when you're a character you turn around those things are rendering. You're not just typically in the environment. It would, it would crash a PlayStation if all objects were live all the time.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So for a, uh, a play tester, is that like half of the four years or is that three quarters of the four years?
1: I think I'm trying to think back. Every game's different. Spider-Man was four years. I, I know QA had it for over a year, so okay. I don't know if it was two years, but it sits in QA because it goes back and forth. Yeah they find bugs and then there's a, there's a producer, there's multiple producers and sometimes it's by character. Sometimes it's by area of the map. Mm-hmm. It depends on how they decide to slice it. Every studio does it differently. Um, and then the producer can go, this bug needs to be fixed or we recognize this is a bug. We can fix it with a patch later because it's pri- it's lower priority or we're just going to accept this as a bug that we're okay with being in the system indefinitely because like mm-hmm. the chances of somebody doing this specific thing, is almost zero.
0: Nice. All right. So, yeah, okay. So, when the work arrives at your door, it's, is the creative part pretty much set in stone, or do new things come up and they say, hey, let's add this new character, new situation, new scene, whatever?
1: Yeah, my role is actually, like, for all of the creative roles that go into video games, I think mine was Probably if you had to stack rank boring, it's somewhere in the top five. So (laughs) I I did tools. I was like, at this time I was a tools analyst and then like had some like light agile uh, responsibilities. So we were responsible for the ALM and most studios used Jira to essentially track their bug and story and feature workflows. And some were very simple. Some were very complex. Meaning if you moved a bug from one state to the next, there was transitions and depending on who transitioned it to who it triggered N number of things. So some, there was a high degree of complexity because again, thousands of people are involved and you want to notify the right people when things get moved. Another thing that we were in charge of a month that I think some people might be familiar with is we essentially had the tech Excel suite. So that's a dev test. It's uh, essentially your test kits. Like, you have to go do this and hit this button and you have to go do that and do that button. And so it's a test suite of function and there's all kinds of stuff. There's functionality, there's localization, which is if I am in this area, is it playing the right language? Are the right subtitles coming up?
0: You're describing a manual test script in the Excel document, I think is what you're you're hitting here.
1: So some of it's manual and then you potentially can make those things, um, Automated. We actually had a small team that was working on that um, for Days Gone, which was another title by Ben Studios, um, where this guy had essentially written tons of script to where he would, it would, I wouldn't call it AI but he would have a pattern for the main character to run through a map and do a certain sequence and test for collision. And then there would be an error log to record when it wasn't within parameters or within specifications. So he could basically go do something else while something that a QA tester used to do is automatically happening. And then he could come in look at the logs and make adjustments. I think that they were actually using unreal engine at the time for days gone. So, just making tweaks to the the physics on the unreal engine.
0: Oh, it sounds like he's like smoke testing rooms using prebuilt movements of this character. Know, you yeah, know, and maybe, exactly and, maybe and maybe it's, uh, maybe it's not completely, how do I say it's, it, yeah, it's probably, he probably has some heuristics for when he bounces off a wall, take a, a you know, adjust his path or something like that. And, uh, yeah, oh, cool.
1: Yeah. So I'll give you an example of that. I really kind con- of, Maybe not common, but a really funny bug that he found through that program that he wrote was when the main character came in contact with a mountain lion in this game. If the main character hit the mountain lion, it would fly off the screen every (laughs) single time. So like there was something with the weighting of, and I guess like if you call it the hit box, like when you hit something, where does it do damage Hmm. was way, way off for that specific uh, object. So he found that really major bug with his program
0: well it could have been an easter egg you know if you hit the lion between the <laughs> eyes boom <laughs> Just explodes off the map yeah. let's see so uh yeah agile techniques you mentioned a little bit about agile techniques tell me about that like what would you say is agile about game studios nowadays
1: yeah um so everything i mean I would say Sony has the perfect blend of what should work in a project format, what should work in an agile software development, um, what's the right amount of time and money to spend on an innovation space, like letting people be creative, let them have new ideas, let them test new video games. I really think they have it dialed in, and I think the results speak for themselves. Uh, Drilling back to the agile part of it, though, we would always meet with studios at the beginning of projects, and again, a technically, a video game is a project from an agile perspective. Uh, sometimes we would meet with studios. Well, we would always meet with studios at the beginning of their project and introducing workflows for Jira and then going over test suite or dev test. We would meet with them and they go, hey, like, what are other studios doing? So sometimes we could dig into how other studios were doing their QA, how other studios were doing their software development. What I actually found was most of the studios, and again, I think this is because they started small and they were their own thing. They weren't just a part of this massively skilled organization. They actually had really good best practices um, from an agile perspective. And what I mean by that was they did all the things you would think. As soon as a game was playable, they would put it in front of people that obviously signed NDAs and couldn't speak about it. But they're like, hey, how does this feel? And even to that, before we get there, Almost every single person involved in video games is a customer. Like, they love what they do. They love playing the video games. They love being a part of it. So, of course, they're playing it. They're testing it. Does this feel right? They're having conversations. When you look at the code of gaming, it's highly complex. And the only way that you can be successful with that level of complexity is having really clean code. Another example of, you know, maybe, like, okay, cool, what does that really mean? I remember there was a title being built. And our test boxes are actually more robust more robust than a standard hardware that gets released to customers because it needs to be able to handle the complexity that hasn't been cleaned up yet. Essentially, you're playing a game that's pretty volatile, it's not polished, so you need a very robust set of hardware to at least get through and find the bugs before it gets refined down to a playable version. That's actually a really interesting sidebar we can come back to. A lot of games don't end up being the game that they were visualized simply because the content was just too big for the technology at the time. So going back to this concept, I remember there was a game and like, I'm not going to say the title because it actually ended up being a wonderful game that was really fun to play open world game. When they started dialing in to play on the specifications for a PlayStation four, it operated okay on a PlayStation four pro, which was a more robust set of hardware. But on the PlayStation 4, it would crash. Every every five minutes, it would crash. So what they had to do was go back and look at the code and figure out what assets or objects do we need to render and what fidelity and how far is the character going to be able to see when they're playing. And so, like, example, if you're on a motorcycle in a game, you're going through an open world really, really fast. So things are rendering very, very quickly. Right. to the point that sometimes it would crash the system. Mm. So figuring out that balance for the set of hardware you're releasing to, they actually did that really, really fast. Mm. And the reason they were able to do that fast was the agile practices that they had. And, did. and what I mean by that is you have this massive QA department that is essentially its own company working with a studio that's essentially its own company and using software tools to go back and forth very quickly and having regular weekly cadences of meeting, like hey this is what we're doing it wasn't just like throwing things over the wall back and forth
0: ace is an agile consultant who shares space with a coffee shop in order to save on the rent Meet this hard-boiled Agile consultant and follow his adventures on helping his clients become Agile no matter the circumstance. Scrum Noir, the project management comic book that teaches you Agile, is available on Amazon. Just search for Scrum Noir. N-O-I-R. If you want to learn more about how games are made, check out our show notes. We have in there a link to a documentary about how God of War was created. Where are our show notes? Show notes show up right in your podcast player. You just open up your podcast player and you will see the information that comes with this episode. And it's not there for your convenience. If you don't have a podcast player and you downloaded this, mp3 from the website go back to the website and you will see the show notes there if you're like my friend festin and you missed the first episode of the series the series started in episode 215 to go to the show archive to find it search for agile thoughts playstation next episode more chris barton for the agiles who are listening it's interesting that you you have a situation where qa is separate from the team and but you're having tight feedback loops to mitigate some of the problems that come with being separate from the team
1: yeah and that's the other thing like i think sony did a, does a really good job with how they do manage qa from that regard because the systems are so complex they essentially take their qa teams and break them up into sub teams and then there's a lead from each of those teams and those leads Know the ins and outs of everything.